Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, blogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, vlogs such as 5 Minutes with the G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, Audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Mixcloud and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and our official website www.pitch-talk.com The pitch is where we eat The pitch is where we sleep And the pitch is where we talk Pitch Talk special feature segment Hey everybody, what is up? My name is Straight Shooting LJA and welcome to this pitch talk special feature. Now, you can see the football pitches behind me and that's where we're going to stay for today's special feature because it was recently announced that there is going to be a trial in England where referees at grassroots level are going to be wearing body-worn cameras um, during matches mostly because of a, an exponential rise in assaults on referees at grassroots level. Now, I know that, obviously, I've talked about this individually on the Straight Shooting View, um, episode 73, Grassroots Referees Need Protection. But in this special feature, myself, the G-Man, Nathan Arsenal, and also Coach JBK will be looking at this topic and talking in detail about it. So here's our special feature segment with us talking about the trial, the upcoming trial starting soon of referees wearing body-worn cameras at grassroots level. Pitch Talk special feature segment. My, my belief is yeah, there are really bad referees that give... Um, all, all the good referees and bad name, and and that, that's that's the real issue here. It's about training, you know. Don't get me wrong; I'm not removing accountability for people who assault and abuse referees. I'm not account- removing any of that accountability. There has to be a strong line or um, strong action taken against people that do that sort of thing, but. There also has to be accountability on the side of those that put on the black shirt. Like you've got to at least know the fundamentals and be able to do your job properly. Do you get me? And I, I, I've been to enough, a lot, heck of a lot of games in the last um, five years of non-league football, you know, and 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 seen a heck of a lot of bad refereeing um, from individuals who don't seem to know the rules, who always seem to try and make the game about themselves, like, who are not alert, so they're never up to pace with the flipping game, and who basically, who seem to go onto the pitch with a chip on their shoulder, like, they already have a chip on their shoulder, like, and it's these referees that seem to make the game harder for genuinely good referees you know they yeah it's, it's just amazing because it, think about it, when you've got a bad referee and you've had a bad referee 
last week, yeah, who's made a bad call. And we're seeing it with VAR. You've got a bad referee, bad referee VR team who make a bad call. A game that's on a game that's televised at 12:30 on a Saturday, then 5:30, the same thing happens. Yeah. But a different decision happens because good referee and a good call is made by the VAR team and people are left like, oh, what the hell is this? What's happening? How comes this decision is not getting made properly? That's hap- that is, in my opinion, is what's happening week by week, yeah, in grassroots football and non-league football, you know? That, that's, 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 that's probably why players go onto the field and just, it, it, it's a lottery, you know, the, the, you never know, you never know what sort of refereeing decisions you're going to get, you know, and it, 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 it's, it's absolutely crazy, in my opinion, it's, it's just like the start of the, the season when they were talking about, oh yeah, referees are going to let things go, let things go, first few matches, referees were letting some madness go, like mad tackles fly in the Premier League, and then all of a sudden they decide. It's like they've decided, oh yeah, we need to start nipping this in the bud. Like you, you like, like anyway, anyway, I'm I'm, I'm going to be on my point. I'm just saying, like, yes, at the end of the day, you've got people who assault referees, abuse referees. They need to take accountability. There needs to be strong action taken against them, um, and. You know, there, there needs to be procedures and things put in place to protect referees. But on the other side, also, you need referees, in my opinion, or the referee association, or whatever level, grassroots, um, um, non-league, Premier League, you get me, elite, whatever. Yeah, there needs to be accountability taken in place for referees that do bad stuff because it's giving good referees a bad name in my opinion yeah i think it's interesting um that this is um being implemented um at grassroots uh, presumably is a trial um and, a, and a, with a possible um f- thinking to bring it into the men's game on a long on a longer term basis that would be interesting um maybe to get a sense of what the referee is saying to the players or what's been said and things like that that'd be quite interesting to get a view and whether as as you know, fans, we get to full get full disclosure of what's going on at the at the relevant periods of time. Um, don't know how the referees feel about it. Um, this is obviously this is me preempting it going further than it is at the moment, but I think it's good. I think it's worth trying. Like I said the game evolves all the time, particularly as all of us we've all watched football for many years, and when we consider what we used to watch 15, 20 years ago. Um, you know, this is an interesting development and, and certainly I'm looking forward to seeing um, the outcome and see if we do get some tangible outcomes um, from this and and, uh, and, um, and how it can improve the game even more than it is at the moment, possibly. No, I'll take um, Nave's view first and then come back to yours, G-Man. But yeah, I mean, it's... <sighs> It's one of them where it's like, yeah, hopefully some tangible results come out of this because a lot of these trials either never make it up to the pros or they just fizzle away into nothing and no results come out of it. Um, 
it's always a grassroots football obviously that these trials take place so like your roll on roll off subs that we've had in the southern amateur league for a number of years because we're aff affiliated to the amateur football alliance and that is one of the nine county leagues that are um affiliated to the football association so every trial it kind of ends up filtering its way down but my yeah i mean my thing is similar to you i'm hoping it yields some positive results but with the powers that be being the way they are in this country i doubt that will be the case sadly and i hate to say that but it kind of is the truth um but i mean it, it's one of them where i just think to myself why has it come to this because that's the important thing why has it come to this and for me there needs to be there needs to be a cultural shift this whole i mean you look at the country we live in there is always that blame culture and you see it from what i call the parasitic media you see it from fans always looking for a scapegoat always looking for one player one person one referee to bury and blame for their own for their own inadequacies deflection tactics you see managers doing it all the time especially like jose Mourinho used to do it he would bury everybody else even some of his own staff remember the whole thing with dr john fern and dr eva carnero that dude would bury everybody else and blame everybody else and never point the guns inwards at himself it's like no you're the problem and for me that's one of the main issues where it's like oh if my team loses it's the referee's fault and it's like yeah we've seen bad bad decisions by referees and most of what i say i'll keep it short otherwise it will be stale retreads but the fact of the matter is var is always going to be hampered by human error var has always been and was always going to be as we, as we called it in early 2018 it was always going to be a crutch and was going to be blamed for poor decisions and this is what keeps happening but as i said as i said before people don't look at enough the gray areas around rules and that's what's causing a lot of these issues look at the handball rule it's open to interpretation and when once a law once rules of the game laws or whatever are open to interpretation i can i can interpret something differently to you g-man to you naif to jamie i can like we we could there's four of us and we could all interpret the same thing a different way and as long as we can justify it then in theory it's correct the correct decision will have been made because the rules of the game and the letter of the law leave that door open leave that gray area because of the vagueness because of the lack of clarification and also in terms of referees referees in my view are kind of fighting from underneath yes the standard of referee is not amazing but at the same time as you said Nath, look at how the games evolved over the past 20, 10 20 years i mean i've been watching football since 1994 and the game has evolved exponentially in that time but it is one of them where it's like var and the technology goal line technology that sort of stuff is brought in obviously to help but it ends up 
making some people lazy and then it starts becoming again it starts becoming a crutch starts becoming an escape clause and instead of something to help it's just yet another thing to blame and at grassroots level the reason that this um trial with the body cameras has been brought in and it's heartbreaking that it's had to be brought in but as I said um, in August of 2021 on the Straight Shooting View, grassroots referees need protection. Because obviously like, there's a problem with blaming referees in the blame game at pro level, but you don't, you extremely rarely see referees getting assaulted. And most of the time, I mean, the worst thing in what, the, since I've been watching football, like the Premier League, Worst thing I've seen in this country at pro level in terms of a referee being assaulted was pa what Paolo Di Canio did back in what 96 97. That's the worst, but a grassroots level, as said on, on episode I think it was 73 of the straight shooting view, grassroots referees need protection. Mate, you on, on almost a weekly basis, you are hearing abhorrent stories coming out about the grassroots level of the game and referees being assaulted not just attacked i mean assaulted to the point where they're being hospitalized and it's like there's no excuse for that i don't care if you've had bad referees for three four weeks straight i don't care if you've had a bad day at work or a bad week or a bad year you do not physically assault someone there is no excuse for it literally no excuse and as i've said before nobody should go to a job fearing for their safety nobody so this this trial with the body worn cameras starting at grassroots level that's where it needs to start because that's where the referees need protecting the most and it is one of them ones that the standard of refereeing at grassroots level is always going to be mixed because you've got you've got some who are brand new brand new into that level of football so we're just getting used to it you'll have some referees who i've encountered as well some referees who are seasoned veterans and have been refereeing at the same level for 15 20 years because they enjoy it they're used to it and they know the players on a first name basis and that kind of thing it's like, oh, all right ref oh, i haven't seen you in a while and all that that's cool but there are some who are just using it as a stepping stone to get up to that proverbial next level or make it up to pro level or even county level and semi-pro level and national Van the vanarama league so it's one of them where it's like you will get different levels because some of them are learning some of them have learned and are happy with what they're doing but it, as i said there's no excuse for that physical assault there is literally no excuse for it there never is i don't i don't give a damn what kind of week month year you've had so it, it is one. it is one of them where it is it is it is heartbreaking i said to see that it's gotten to this stage and in the in the words of the streets has it come to this has it really come to this and sadly yes it has and it really shouldn't have so this trial is going to be very, very interesting to see how this all shakes down. And that's as a referee secretary um, for Ibis Eagles, I've seen obviously 
mixed standards of refereeing. I've had to hire refs before. I've had to write referee reports. I've had my own experiences with a referee back in 2017 when I had my concussion who lied and said that he checked on me when he didn't. And he didn't know head injury protocol. And I did. I knew it more than him. And this was days after watching Alan Shearer's documentary about it. So it's one of them where it's like, you look at certain stuff like that. Yeah, there are some bad referees, no doubt. Standard of refereeing I've criticized for years, but it shouldn't get to this point where referees are having to wear body cameras to feel safe. Shouldn't have gotten to this point. And it's an embarrassment. It should actually be a national embarrassment that it has gotten to that point and hopefully it doesn't go any further than that so that's that's my take on it anyway anyway i've heard all three um and i can hear what everybody's saying and uh, my take is this um it needed to have been done before if you look at the the game in in rugby uh, you have referees who have the the earpieces and can speak to the video assistant referees, um, but then they've also got the cameras, and that's that's even better because you're also seeing that you're also seeing what's happening on the other side of the um, the camera, whether that brings it brings a problem or or it doesn't. Um, I've I've seen the game change, and Liam, you were right in terms of the rules are, are open to interpretation, but it's not necessarily the the interpretation of the rule. It's the amount of times it gets changed within um, within the last five seasons. Most of the rules have been updated per season, so we're talking about the video. Um, we're talking about the offside rule. Um, how many phases of play before you're offside? Talking about the handball rule, how um, what part of the what, how far the distance is in terms of to to call it a handball, blah blah blah, and it's just become it's become stupid to the point where you're almost saying a goalkeeper is going to have to use their feet to um, to save the ball. Um, not that they don't anyway, but it's almost a case of they can't use their hands anymore. Um, but yeah, the rules have been open to interpretation for many years. The only difference is that people are now being being seen on TV, um, and then the social media has made it worse by people um, calling it out. If this was in the nineties or the eighties, you probably would have seen it worse. And the difference is, is back then you could play a back pass, so the back pass rule is gone. You're also seeing that the game has been um, a lot quicker, so the rule um, the, you're seeing a lot more people go down a lot more easier. Um, so the game's a lot quicker. If I talk about the back pass rule, the reason why I talk about the back pass rule is after 92, you couldn't play a back pass. So that's another rule that came in where a free kick is going to be given when, where the, the goalkeeper picks it up, not where the ball was kicked, essentially. Um, again, you've had, you've had so many different rules. The VAR is different in different countries. Um, where one country will only focus on offsides and and um, main uh, the the big fouls. Another country will will look at other stuff. 
and I think Italy were the ones that successfully had it um, working the season before England did. Um, and when I say successful, most of the their decisions were, most of the decisions I believe were supported, were supportive of the decision the referee made rather than a reverse decision. I don't remember what they they focused on. I think it was just penalties or anything that happened inside the box. But yeah, it, it was just it was just the way that they did it, and they found it to be successful. Um, if it is for if this is for protection, then it's come at the right level and at the right time. Most things are being recorded. If you look at the police, they've got a, they've got their recording from from their from their chest now. And yet they're still killing people, black people, if we want to say that. But they've now got something on their chest to, to show exactly what's happening at all times within the conversation. Person can't hide. So it'll be interesting to see, as you said, Liam, um, and as everybody else said, whether society um, is the societal change will, will come. And whether people will, will now go, oh, I'm being filmed. I can't do anything to the ref. The amount of times that we've seen over the last few weeks, over the last few years, where there's been those assaults, shouldn't be happening. Ultimately, the game cannot be played if there's no ref and there's no goalkeepers. If you don't have a goalkeeper, you can't play the game. If you don't have a ref, if you don't have a recognised goalkeeper, I mean, um, all they've got to do is just don the shirt, literally, and there's, there's your goalkeeper. But. For for the game to really happen, you need to have a ref. You can't you can't play the game without a ref. Otherwise, it's just basically anarchy for no reason. It's just basically park football again. Um, and yeah, it is open to interpretation. I've seen some poor refereeing. Um, I won't I won't use the word bad. I've seen I've seen some poor refereeing in terms of there's a decision to be made there and and they haven't made it. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm there just to coach a team. I'm there to play the game. If I'm going to get up in in the ref ref's face, I've got to look at it from my work my work scenario. If I was in if if I was in retail, would I want somebody to do the same? No, because I probably would have I probably would have done something something back. But you're not allowed to do that in in your work environment. Most of these referees just get paid just to uh, just get paid on this on the day. And then go about their business. So what shouldn't be happening is that they end up going about their business in a hospital, as as has been said. But yeah, I'm hoping that this gives um, gives uh, people a, a a wake up call to say, you know what, if somebody's going to get hurt, let's record it and let's find out who it was so that we can go, you know what, he's put in a report. This is the face. Let's see if we can outright ban this person. Because that's another thing as well. Even if it is recorded, somebody could say, I don't want to be recorded. That's another thing. I don't want to be recorded, so the referee's got to stand at a distance or whatever. They've got to try and work work around it. I'm hoping that they... I, I still think it needs to be coming, coming in into youth football, but I also understand why you can't do it in youth football. Um... Because there's referees there that are getting abused, and they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. People are just people need to calm down, not say anything, 
If a referee's made a decision, she's made, um, she or he has made a decision. Take it as that. Move on. The longer you argue about it, the less time you're just um, the less time you're, um, you're wasting. I get that. There's times where you get the free the free kick or the penalty, and you're trying to put the t- the other team off. But at the end of the day, the free kick's going to be taken. All you're doing is wasting your own time. But yeah, that's my take on it. Um, I think most of the points were covered by by you three. So now, hopefully, there's there's things to be there's things to be um, to be looked into. But my my thing is, yes, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Um, no, thanks for chiming in, Jamie. As well, I mean, it's a case of yeah. I mean, it's it's sad that it's come again. It's sad that it's come to this. And yeah, I mean, it seems like VAR is done is done right in other places, but not in this country. And um, just to give a shout out to um, to one of the old pitch tour contributors and actually a former blogger for us as well, um, Dave Mir, aka Mercy, and been talking been talking to him on Facebook and basically. Um, talking about um, Tamori and that sending off and stuff to do with VAR and refereeing and that kind of thing. And at the end of the day, he's saying that it basically, <clears throat> the standard the standard refereeing, it's not necessarily that it's bad in England, but it's the pace of the game. So obviously you're getting a lot of wrong decisions, but you come down to grassroots football, where a lot of grassroots football, yes, it's emotional, yes, it's blood and thunder generally, but at the same time, it's like as I said, I, I just want I just look at it as there's no excuse to put your hands on a referee. Absolutely no excuse to physically abuse or assault anybody. And for me, that's what it comes down to. And this trial, this tri- this FA trial of body worn cameras, it needs to be one of them ones where if someone does it, lifetime ban. Cause now You've got it should be it should be a lifetime ban for physically assaulting someone anyway, but now that they're going to have the footage to back it up, there is going to be no doubt because there's I don't don't want to give don't want to obviously start naming names give too much away, but it is one of them ones where in my experiences Ibis Eagles AFC referee secretary, I've submitted reports and not necessarily been happy with what the league have said in terms of conclusions about the referee because there's no footage to back it up it is basically and nathan will probably get a chuckle out of this one but it comes down to balance of probability that's been a phrase that's been repeated a lot in terms of decisions that have been made in in our leagues so if you've got no cameras if you've got no proof it's always going to come down to that and nine times out of ten one of the things that also kind of screws it up as well nine times out of ten it's the losing team that is submitting the report not the winning team so that kind of taints it too in terms of if you're a league committee trying to make a decision i said you have no real choice but to base it on balance of probability unless they're unless that ref actually has been physically assaulted and there will be visual evidence because if they're in a hospital bed with a broken arm or broken ribs, you can't deny that. Um, And obviously there will be witnesses to back it up in those very serious incidents. But it's an interesting one that you mentioned youth football, Jamie, as well, because youth football, 
obviously there's issues around consent and especially consent around minors when you're talking 16s and under well 18s and under really <clears throat> you have to have consent to film and consent to film that's i'm glad you brought up that point because that's an interesting side of it i mean with adults you can have something in basically a league constitution that says we are part of this trial because as i've said before that say southern amateur league for instance we're an affiliate league to the afa amateur football alliance which is one of the nine county fas that are affiliated to the fa so more likely than not we'll be seeing this trial filtering down um probably at senior division level so like first team <clears throat> teams of each clubs of each club who have referees but it is one of them ones that's pro that's where we will see it because it might not filter down to like reserve teams third teams fourth teams and and on and on because there's already a shortage of referees this is one problem as well where there's a na there's a national shortage of referees and as i said i've seen this over the years firsthand um so it is one of them ones where that is largely because of abuse and stuff like that <clears throat> and it's a disgrace that it is like that it is like this and it's one of them ones there does definitely need to be a cultural shift and it's sad that it's potentially reliant on something like referees wearing cameras it shouldn't be this way we shouldn't have to have come to this point so it's one of them where, it's, where it just doesn't quite sit right with me that this is this has to be done because that to me shows an underlying problem and jamie you made the example of the police where they're wearing body cams and they're still like mur literally murdering people it's still happening but then some of them are getting off scot-free on investigations some of these investigations are taking decades and it gets to be a circus where that kind of thing happens and it's not punished also another another good point you make about obviously top level with um, var and the fact that rules are ever changing and as, as i've said for a number of years now where it's like these gray areas around rules the ifab changing rules every every season it's like the referees are already kind of fighting from underneath um i mean you've got that and then you've got a lot of players who think they understand the rules and they think they understand them better than the refs and they clearly don't i mean as a referee as a referee secretary personally i try and look at whenever the ifab make changes like at the beginning of the season i try and keep an eye on that but that's whatever you want to call it the journalistic side of me that i want to i want to know what i'm talking about um and there are certain refs like well we were playing hsbc a few weeks back when i got injured but it was one of them was i was saying to the ref it's like ref you know the rules right you've got five seconds to bring that back even if the player gets a shot off you still have five seconds to bring it back so like <laughs> and it's one of them was in the ref yeah something like the ref was like oh no oh, don't talk don't talk it's like well dude like i'm letting you know because you have the ability to bring that back 
So there are, yeah, some poor referees and poor decisions in that. A lot of referees at grassroots level don't have linesmen either. So they don't have help. So they definitely don't have help that the professionals do, but they don't have help at all. So it's just literally one man in the middle. So it is one of them ones where it is, it is a tough job being a ref. You have to be very, very thick-skinned. But you shouldn't have to expect or even have in the back of your mind, I might get physically assaulted if I make the wrong decision against this club. You should never have to be thinking that way. And this is where these body-worn cameras, you'd hope they'd be a deterrent. But it's going to be weird because if they are, if they do turn out to be a deterrent, yes, that's a good thing. But it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Because if people are behaving only when the cameras are there, what about when the cameras are not there? And they might not be able to be there every week. There's a national shortage of referees. There's facilities. There's lacking facilities at grassroots level. You might not be able to have the cameras there every week. So it's one of them ones. What happens when the cameras are not off? There needs to be a behavioural change as well as a culture shift. So it's one of them where... Uh, it, I, I mean... I mean, clubs clubs are going to need to institute charters of good behaviour, and a lot of clubs have them, but don't adhere to them. There's there's another issue right there. And at the end of the day, managers, coaches, especially when it comes to youth football, managers, coaches, parents all have to be it's leadership by example, because with youth football, obviously you're dealing with kids, but also at adult level. You have to always have on your mind, I am a representative of this club. When I'm wearing this shirt, when I'm wearing the training top, when I'm when I'm just out and about, I am a representative of the club. Like when you're at work, you can't muck around and post stupid crap on social media because technically you're a representative of that company because you're an employee and you can get fired for saying the wrong things on social media. It should be the same with abuse of referees. If you do it, you could potentially risk getting fired from your job. If you physically assault someone, you can get fired from your job. There's consequences to this. So if there's video footage of you assaulting a referee, if I if I ran a if I ran a business, if I ran a company, and I saw that one of my guys, that one of my employees had like beaten the crap out of a out of a referee or physically assaulted a referee. And there's video evidence of it. That that dude's getting sacked. As soon as I find out about it on Monday morning, it's like, right, explain how it got to this point. I've seen the footage. I've reviewed the footage. Explain yourself. You're fired. Give him a chance to explain themselves. And it's like, yeah, you're fired. You're done. Because, because you can't have that kind of person representing your company. So I, I look at it as well as, if someone's going to assault a referee over something, and I love football to bits, but if someone's going to assault someone over something as trivial as decisions in football, you are a shambles of a person and you are a disgrace, to be perfectly frank. And if anybody laughs or advocates assaulting anybody, let alone a referee, you're a disgrace too. I wouldn't want to play alongside you. I wouldn't want to play in the same club as you. Wouldn't want to. 
because you are a, you're a disgrace. You're a disgrace to the badge, and you know what? You're an embarrassment to your teammates, to your club. So it's one of them where it's like there's got to be real consequences. There's got to be lifetime bans handed down. You put your hands on a, on a referee, boom, you are banned. You are banned. You're done. You never you never step onto onto another pitch again. It's a blanket lifetime ban because you shouldn't be doing that. So hopefully these body-worn cameras lead to that and hopefully at youth, at youth level at least they can they could potentially have matches have matches recorded so that there's video evidence of what happens and you can start identifying people maybe not with body-worn cameras maybe with a tower that like camera on a tower where you're filming the match but yeah, obviously with youth football, you have to get consent beforehand from everyone. So it's a little, it's a lot easier actually at adult level where you can just build it into your club's charter and say, right, this trial's happening. We're a part of it. We're done. So, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I know that, Liam, you focused on the, the assault sent, um, end of the, um, the game uh, where referees are getting assaulted. But I want to look at the other side in terms of referees maybe getting assault, um, getting assaulted, but are they getting support for their decision making, for their positioning on the on the pitch, for um, for just these little things, just to kind of know that if we're going to lose a referee, at least they've been helped and supported long enough for them to make a decision on whether this is for them or not. Um, We'd look at the courses. I think there's been courses that have, have come up. I've had a conversation with um, a referee um, in the past year or so where he, he spoke about referees that are younger and now getting um, mentors and support. But are they actually going in and wanting to referee or are they just making it for the money? If somebody's been around for 15 to 20 years, how many times have they had a referee um, mentor to come and watch their game, analyze what they've done, and possibly have a conversation with them after the game or a, a few days later to say, "This is what I saw," or "What did? It, what was? Uh, what was the reason behind your decision in that in that situation?" And even the conversation of what is the rule in that situation. Let's say it is a handball just outside the area. Are we looking at the rule as an interpretation, or are we looking at the rule as as the law? So there's that as well. Um, I also think that mentoring can help the, the referees a little bit more and also show that there's support on the sidelines, not just with a camera, where the referees can actually say, this is what this is what I the, the mentor can say, this is what I saw, and I can back it up with a bit of evidence. And I'm hoping that this never happens to you again, or this is something that you may need to work on a little bit more and, and see, see where it goes. Um, but I'd love to see what, the support is post uh, post courses, and also see what this um, the support is at matches. And I just wonder if um, some of these referees who have been around for fifteen to twenty years, who know people on a first name basis, as you mentioned, Liam, where they're actually they're actually saving their best work for a cup final, and going well, it's in front of the county, so I need to show that I'm doing the best so that I can either level up or be be selected for next season. At the same time, it's it's a question that needs to be asked. How many times um, is a referee actually um, showing 
that he's authoritative in a way where it doesn't compromise um, the game. And also he's given given everybody the opportunity to have a chat with him about what his decisions is um, in a calm manner. And if somebody takes it too far, are they saying I will abandon the game or are they saying, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue with the match, even though I've been assaulted? I think that's that's something that needs to be needs to be looked at, and I think the the big thing is is are they getting the support? And if they're not, then where is the support coming from? And should it be that it comes from a camera? Because again, we don't know where the camera is going to be going to be placed. Usually, it's on the on the chest. But again, for a referee, do you want a camera placed on your chest, or do you want to be wearing a big vest where a camera has to be placed like it is with the police? Um, that's that's another thing. So it'll be interesting to see and interesting to to recognise and see if it see if it works. Yes, yeah, very interesting. You mentioned about support. Um, I don't think the cameras are there to to be support. I think it's more just as a preventative measure. Um, and at the end of the, at the end of the day, I mean, well. <laughs> I mean, there needs to be some sort of prevention because, as the old saying goes, prevention is better than cure. But, um, but yeah, with with the yeah, I said I don't think the body worn cameras are supposed to be a replacement for support. Now I know with the courses, there there are um, what's it the Amateur Football Alliance, the the AFA. I know they run a lot of um, referee courses. Um, I think they do them like a couple times a year. Um, so from from obviously um, speaking to Darrell David um, in the past, who's the um, the youth, I think he's the youth development um, officer um, when it comes to referees, and also and also um, from speaking to Daryl Ann, who is the who is the referee development officer, um, I think for adults at um, AFA level as well. So from speaking to both of those guys um, in the past, there's definitely work done in terms of courses. And I think in terms of like what you said about assessors, I think there's, well, if there's a shortage of referees, then there's gonna be a shortage of assessors as well. And there has been a national shortage of referees for a long time. So, I mean, from experience about Ibis Eagles, we've had to go through agencies to get refs, and even then they've been short in the last couple of seasons at times as well. So it's it's a tough one. And I said, if you've got a shortage of referees, then you're going to have a natural shortage of assessors because it's supposed to be a more experienced referee that assesses the referee. The referee's obviously coming up. Um, and yeah, in terms of, in terms of support, um, I think I think there are I think there is support. Um, I think there is kind of after course support, um, but I don't know whether that's just for kind of learning and development, or if that's for other stuff such as um, any sort of grievances and issues. I think there is, I think that support is there within the um, within the Amateur Football Alliance, but obviously they can't be, you, you can't have someone at every game. So that's where it becomes tough as well. And at grassroots level, there is of course always the biggest thing 
that grassroots football is lacking is facilities. <clears throat> facilities, amenities, however, however you want to phrase it. So that's something that needs to be looked at as well. Yeah, I mean, I said that grassroots grassroots struggles, obviously, with funding for stuff, for stuff like facility, facilities and amenities and that kind of thing. So in terms of like referees at um, Southern Amateur League um, level or that which would be a which is AFA level as well um, in the amateur leagues, I know referees definitely ain't doing it for the money because they get paid 40 pounds a game four zero. Um, and I know that to be fact because I said as the referee secretary for my club. So at SAL level, you get paid, you do get paid 40 quid. But I know agencies are around about 60, 65 quid. Add on probably a five or maybe a 10 or more if that person has to commute from, let's say, Barking over to Chiswick. So it's one of them was obviously that little extra amount is obviously for the commute. Um, the travel expenses. So, in terms, yeah, I don't think referees at amateur league level and that are doing it for the money. I, th I think it's more kind of development and obviously trying to kind of kick on, kick on and get um, like bigger and better roles. But I know there is some after after course, not necessarily care. That might be the that might be the wrong way of putting it. But I know there is support afterwards where um like you can ask questions and stuff like that but i don't know if there's stuff to do with grievances and that kind of thing um yeah my my experience is obviously from the club side of it um where there is yeah where there's where there's basically um obviously for the clubs it's like you've got the reporting system so if we have a bad ref we can submit a report put in as much detail as possible and yeah we're good we're good from there but yeah um the after the kind of after match support or support in terms of abuse and assault and that kind of thing i mean that might be a side that's lacking just because of facilities and just based on pure numbers really yeah, I think I think I might have been lost in a little bit of translation in terms of uh, the mentoring. Yes, um, yes, we're looking at support in terms of what um, what the numbers are, and yes, they're they're low, but it still would help if those co those um, referees are still getting that support beyond courses maybe even the cpds I'm, a, I'm assuming they'll have cpds in the southern amateur league but you're also talking about one league compared to and i know i know it's because that's the league that you either play in or you you you're the ref sec for the club in but it's that's that's what i'm saying it's it's one league over a national thing could be um, done better to help more referees come in and if it's only for development then what about those ref what about those referees who don't necessarily want the extra development but just needs a voice to talk to or it might be a case of this happened this week um and we're talking about sort of the disciplinary around around that it just be it would be nice just to see if that that's happening across the board but at the same time the camera obviously as you said it's a preventative measure i'm hoping it's not a replacement but 
yeah, I just I would I think this this can go on for for ages. I just think the four points that I've I've taken from our conversation are not just my point and uh, my opinion and and yours, Liam, but from Nathan and Gavin's. Um, bad refereeing has has had an impact on 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 the standard of of officiating. Um, this camera might be able to help where those those problems are. So you might need to have maybe a, a supporting a supporting mentor or somebody who can who they can bounce off off from. Um, money's probably not um, good enough for referees. Does that need to be upped um, across the board so that we get more refereeing um, facilities again at grassroots? We're not getting as much of that, and it's usually park football that has the the worst um, assaults. Um, and we're talking park football rather than actually in a stadium. Um, and then last but not least, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking the, the camera itself. Is it a byproduct of the assaults that have been happening on referees or is it to help referees to, To basically show where the where the problems are um, in in grassroots football. Yes, it's probably it's probably the, the 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 first one, but I can also assure you that people will still see the the problems that happen where referees make poor decisions in the game on that um, on that camera. So that's our special feature segment on referees wearing cameras, body worn cameras at grassroots level. What are your thoughts on it? Is it sad that it's come to this? Did it have to come to this? And will it be a deterrent in terms of um, referee abuse and violence? Remains to be seen, in my opinion. But we want to know your opinions. www.pitchstashtalk.com is the official website. You can catch our podcast there and much, much more. Also, also at Pitch Talk on Twitter. Tweet with us, follow us, see what we're up to. At Pitch Talk on Reddit. Join the conversation there. At Pitch Talk on Instagram as well. Catch the vlog previews, images, and much, much more there. We're on TikTok too. Pitch Talk on TikTok. On TikTok. TikTok. Go and search that as well. Also, you can catch us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk. Become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the footballing revolution we are working so hard to create. Also, as well, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Ghana, G-A-A-N-A, Verbal, V-U-R-B-L. We are Verbal Ambassadors and proud of it. So many places. Tune in radio, Player FM, wherever you catch your podcasts, that is where you can catch the Pitch Talk Podcast. Oh, man. So many places that you can catch our podcasts and also our videos as well. YouTube.com forward slash Pitch Talk for our video material as well i have been straight shooting lja on behalf of myself the g-man nathan arsenal and coach jbk see you next time take care and thank you for watching our special feature segment join the pitch talk revolution check out the official pitch talk website www.pitch-talk.com